0: And, uh, Jolani, don't forget to come back at half past. Thanks. Uh, now, listen, talking about this on a Sunday morning, the ANC's defended its decision to put forward the names of some uh, party members accused of corruption and state capture. Uh, these members have been nominated for positions as chairpersons and whips of parliamentary oversight committees. Uh, they include nominees such as Faith Mutambi, Mosebenzizwani, and Supra His name came up at the State Capture Commission yesterday. And the lady appearing uh, said she feared for her life because of Supra Mahomapello. Not proven, but it's been spoken about. And these are things we're going to be hearing about more of. We're basically asking you, what do you make of those nominations? Because we've heard stories about uh, problems within the ANC over the naming of those people. What do you make of those nominations? And should the nominees who have been linked to state capture and corruption accept those nominations? Quite simple. What do you make of them? Should those people who are linked to these issues accept their nominations to head up these portfolio committees and uh, the like? Anyway, you can get in touch. 41391 is the SMS line number. That's 50 per SMS. Also, send us uh, WhatsApp voice notes 08269 23909. Or post your comments on Twitter at The Weekend View or on Facebook on The Weekend View using the hashtag uh, The Weekend View. Talk to us on a Sunday morning here on The Weekend View. By the way, Stephen Kirk is standing in for Elvis Let's now look at the weather for today. So Gale Force uh, westerly winds uh, are expected along the coast between Port Alfred and Coffee Bay. That's a warning for you from the South African Weather Service. Otherwise, uh, over the interior, uh, it's sunny skies. Pretoria 620, Joburg 318, Finnegan 217, Bombella 824, Polokwane 623, Mahikeng 319, Freiburg minus 218. Chile. Bloomfontein minus 116. Kimberley, 117. Uppington 0, 019. Down in Cape Town, partly cloudy. Wind light south easterly becoming light and variable from late morning, 1218. Uh, George, cloudy morning, light showers and rain becoming partly cloudy. Wind light to moderate westerly becoming light and variable in the afternoon, 1217. Port Elizabeth, cloudy. Isolated morning showers becoming partly cloudy in the evening. Wind strong south-westerly moderating in the afternoon. 1518. For East London, cloudy at times with isolated morning showers. Wind strong westerly, reaching gale force by midday, 1619. Sunny in the, the KZN centres. Durban, a moderate westerly wind to southwesterly, 1223. Richards Bay, gentle northwesterly at first, otherwise moderate southwesterly, 1225. And Peter Maritzburg,
1: 4-23. Here, there. And everywhere. <laughs> SAFM One oh seven point one FM in C point
0: And a reminder, we're asking you, what do you make of the nominations uh, and should the nominees who've been linked to state capture and corruption accept their nominations? That's after the nominees for portfolio, portfolio committees and the like were named by the ANC last week. Moving to Johannesburg, where the city of Johannesburg has assured residents that it's got contingency plans in place to minimize the impact of the coming week's water supply interruptions. Bulk water supplier Rand Waters announced a major water supply shutdown, which is expected to last for 54 hours starting from Monday. They're doing some essential maintenance type stuff. Residents may experience water shortages or low water pressure in some areas. Sasha Naidu has
2: the details. The shutdown is part of Randwater's infrastructure maintenance program, which will see the installation of a 2,500 millimeter butterfly valve from Letaba to the Freenikang pumping station. The work will result in limited water supply to all Randwater customers. City of Joburg MMC for Environment and Infrastructure, Nico Jager says residents shouldn't panic.
3: We want to lay all fears at rest. It's no need to panic. No need to. Fill your bathtub with water, etc, etc, That's no need to do that. Johannesburg Water, together with Rand Water, sat and came up with a plan to minimize the impact on our residents. All our reservoirs will be full by Monday, when this interruption starts, as well as the Rand Water uh, Reservoir. Therefore, we, we should have sufficient water to last us uh, for a number of days.
2: De says residents living in high areas may experience lower than normal water pressure from Monday.
3: The shutdown will be on raw supply. That's water that's not been purified yet. So that's a raw supply to the purification plant. Water that's in the purification plant, as Derek has explained to me as well, that water will still be purified and can still be pumped to our uh, Reservoirs. If there is an area that's going to be affected, it would be high-lying areas that would be affected first. But at this point in time, and I cannot stress this enough, no reason to panic.
2: The city of Ekuruleni will also be affected and it anticipates low water pressure in some areas of the East Rand for the duration of the maintenance and afterwards while the system recovers. Spokesperson Temba Khadebe is urging residents to use water sparingly.
4: We urge our residents in the city to utilize water sparingly as water supply to customers is anticipated to be reduced between the 24th to the 27th of June. This follows a notification from Water of a planned reduced water supply during the mentioned period. Uh, Rainwater has assured us that they will keep their bulk supply reservoirs to a maximum capacity to minimize water supply interruptions. However, We do anticipate low pressure to no water situation in some of the areas.
2: Randwater says the purpose of the 54-hour shutdown is to join a newly built pipeline to the existing raw water pipeline. The new pipeline was completed after two years at a total cost of 600 million rand. Randwater spokesperson Justice Mohale.
5: Randwater has recently completed Um, a 600 million rand uh, investment project. Uh, That is what we call the B19 pipeline. That is a new pipeline that is going to augment our network with raw water. It's going to augment our raw water with 1,300 megalitres of water into our network. Uh, The project has been going on for two years. We have completed laying that pipeline. Uh, on Monday, we are going to uh, join that B-19 pipeline with the B-11 pipeline, which, is, which has been in existence for some time. So it's, uh, though we are going to connect them to augment raw water into our system.
0: That's Rand Border Spokesperson Justice Mahala, ending that report by Sasha Naidu in Johannesburg. It's now quarter past six this Sunday morning. It is the editors today. Yeah, it's been quite a week, and uh, of course a great week to look forward to. We'll be getting to that a little bit later here on the Weekend View. Stephen Kirker in for Elvis Preslin. Now the national leadership of the Young Communist League has criticized the quality of education in South Africa, saying it is not sufficiently preparing young people to deal with the country's economic challenges. This is during the league's rally in Orkney in the northwest, Bafadile Morani reports.
6: A youth rally to celebrate Youth Month. It was attended by young people from across the northwest. Like in many other places across the country, young people are facing a high unemployment rate in the province. But the appeal was for government to look into the quality of education in the country, as it agrees that it needs to be improved Young Communist League National Secretary King Tini.
3: Free education needs go to beyond the financial barriers, but speaks to the issues of institutional autonomy and deal again with the issues of the curriculum content. Which so far the content is not responding to the economic needs that our society or our communities need. The curriculum content it fails to respond directly to what the communities are faced with there. Like where we are today, it's a mining industry industrial place but it's rare to get courses that respond to mining
6: engineering justice minister ronald lamola who was amongst the speakers said the abuse of drugs and women were among the issues that needs to be speedily addressed
4: there should
3: be an improvement the high scale of drugs which is affecting the youth of our country the high scale of gender-based violence also affecting young women in particular it's a huge challenge which we are obviously concerned about But we have a national uh, drug master plan which we are going to use to respond to the drug scam and also the gender-based violence. We have already initiated the first court uh, on sexual offenses and poisons in Johannesburg.
6: The rally was used to commemorate the youth of 1976 who fought against the use of Africans as a medium of instruction. Pafedile Moerani in Okney, near Klextorp.
0: Now, remember, we are asking you here on The Weekend View, what do you make of the nominations of the people put to forward by the ANC for Parliamentary Oversight Committees, including people who've been linked to state capture and other areas of corruption, people like Faith Mutambi, Mosabenzizwani, Supramahuma Supra people who, who he was in fact named yesterday at the State Capture Commission. Now, the matric class of 2018 had a pass rate of 78%. Civic organization equal education says the pass rate's not entirely accurate as it ignores the number of learners who dropped out on their way to matric. The dropout rate at schools in South Africa is between 50 and 60 percent. This means that not all learners who've started their schooling in grade one will make it to matric. Equal Education says a more accurate pass rate would be between 37 and 41 percent. Its findings are based on the numbers of learners in grade two who go on to write matric. Kim Daniels elaborates.
7: Drugs, gang violence and teen pregnancies are just some of the reasons for dropping out of school. Being forced to repeat grades and bullying are also issues of concern. Co-head of research at Equal Education, Renee McFarlane, believes that various factors affect the dropout rate.
8: So learners who repeat grades are much more likely to drop out of school. And then probably the most important factor is poor foundation phase education. So the gaps in learning emerge in the foundation phase and as learners move through their schooling career, those gaps just grow bigger and bigger until the point that learners, you know, become completely disaffected and and drop out of school.
7: Community members in Utenag in the Eastern Cape have taken matters into their own hands. Drugs and the socio-economic issues in the area are the reasons learners are dropping out of school. A Youth Day celebration was aimed at showing children there is more to life than drugs and violence. Organiser Johnny Jansen elaborates.
9: We as the Tambo community have decided, because we see the need in the area, our kids are involved in drugs. They drop out of school. Our kids are involved in bank Our kids are involved in all the wrong things.
7: Parents in the area are doing all they can to keep their children on the right track.
9: Kids are breaking in to bring money at home. And then they get caught, and then they get locked up and sit in jail for a long time because there's no bread on the table. In these circumstances, kids don't get work. That's why they rob and break in. This is because there's no work. They don't find work and they don't have qualifications.
7: The dropout rate remains steady between 50 and 60 percent. McFarlane believes parents and educators have an important role to play.
8: It's important that kids attend school. Learners who, who are absent re- regularly are also more likely to drop out of school. So it's important that parents ensure that their kids go to school. But that also places a responsibility on the school and the department to ensure that when kids go to school, productive learning is taking place. If you make the effort to go to school and nothing happens while you're in class, then that's not a big motivation to stay in school.
7: Equal Education believes that the dropout rate will increase if the factors that cause it are not aggressively addressed. I'm Kim Daniels, in Port Elizabeth.
0: Yeah, and what does that kind of dropout rate do to the problem we have as south africans in unemployment there's so many so many challenges that the country faces we do need the right people in parliament representing us and dealing with these issues right which is why we asked you about the nominations of the anc and the people put up for the portfolio committees and the like and uh, what you make of that Saneli uh, Mazabuko got in touch from Peter Maritzburg uh, Morning, those who implicate in the state capture must be withdrawn if not that means they're getting promotion of state looting. In the NC if you're corrupt you bring you closer to steal more and they say it's the unity, yes it's the unity of corruption. Uh, thanks for the show, he says. Anyway, yeah thanks for getting in touch, you're welcome to join in that uh, conversation. Uh, how do you get in touch with us? Uh, 413 one, four one for SMS's, that's one around 50 each, or on Facebook as our correspondent there got Touch the hashtag is the weekend view or Twitter tweet us at the weekend view. So that's what we're talking about this morning and hoping to unpack in a bit greater detail. But uh, this is a bit disturbing. Two videos of prisoners and warders engaged in illicit behavior at Durban's Westville Prison have emerged. The cell phone footage shows prisoners snorting what appears to be cocaine and smoking other drugs inside their jail cells. Warders uh, also seen handing weapons to prisoners and allegedly encouraging them to fight in the videos nipol magwaza reports
4: The first video shows a known gang leader snorting what is believed to be cocaine in the cells of westville prison the drugs are also passed around to fellow inmates in what seems to be a drug fueled party some inmates appear to be high on drugs and are dancing to loud music in the background while other inmates look on the host of the party is serving a life sentence for a double murder he committed in two thousand and nine he was found guilty of being a hired hitman by the durban high court in a second video, taken in a section holding convicted inmates, warders are seen giving batons to prisoners to fight. An inside source alleges that the practice is common. The kwazulu Natal Correctional Services Department spokesperson, Tula Nemluli, says they are aware of the videos and are investigating.
10: The matter was already in our hands and it is under a critical investigation at the moment. And all those who may find to be implicated in that video will definitely face the end of the law. Because what is being portrayed in that video is related, if not into criminal activity. Uh, Once you find a drug inside such facilities, that's a crime. Crime uh, is not needed not even in our facilities, but at the moment more information maybe will follow and we shall provide that information once our investigation is completed.
4: Mluli has conceded that there are corrupt officials in the system. However, he says smuggling of drugs and weapons have decreased since 2013.
10: It's not the same as as, as compared back, as we can compare back to the years past, like 2013 and and beyond that. If you compare, you know, the the... the The rise of smuggling, the the rise of stabbing, and all of that. One can see that there is, even 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 though we can never, you know, at the same time eradicate those activities at once. But uh, one must attest that there is a difference that uh, is being made in trying to. To, to make sure that we reduce if not eradicating those activities
4: last year during a raid at the prison scores of cell phones were confiscated drugs including ecstasy and wunga were found authorities also discovered various weapons a um, pomagwaza in durban
1: If you're active on social media and love SAFM, we hope you'll take a moment to like or follow our SAFM page on Facebook and Twitter. These are the best places to find all the guest information, conversations and stories you love from your favorite presenters along with regular updates from SABC News. And don't forget, you can send your questions to feedback at safm.co.za safm leading the conversation
2: youth activism and politics
9: youth in conversation
11: on safm
2: i think it's very important that we as youth talk about it we just we're just coming up to the 16th of of june commemorating youth day and i always ask myself you know what is it that we've done as a generation and not much there hasn't been much done i think there's a lot of youth apathy There's a lot of apathy just in general, you know And it's great, it's not great that there's corruption But it's great that things like the Zarnia Commission And um, uh, Gupta leaks and state caption All of these things are coming to light But my interest is, are the youth partaking in this? Are they taking note of it?
4: SAFM, leading the conversation
1: Here, there and everywhere ZFM. 105.6 FM in Palabora.
0: Stephen Kirk sitting in for Elvis Preslin on the Weekend View. The South African National Editors Forum hosted the Nat Nakasa Awards for Media Integrity on Saturday evening in Melrose, north of Johannesburg. The main award was conferred on political reporter Anita Hunter for Courageous Reporting. The event was attended by journalists and media practitioners from a variety of news outlets and institutions. Tsimiluho Maputa reports.
12: Our winner for the 2019 Netnakasa Award is Kwanita Hunter.
9: The room erupted in loud applause as former press ombudsman Joe Tolue announced Quinita Hunter as the winner of the 2019 Nat Nakasa Award. Tolue was one of three judges who were tasked with selecting winners from a list nominated by the public. The Nat Nakasa Awards, which are hosted by SANEF, honor extraordinary courage and integrity shown by South African journalists in print, online and broadcast media. The annual event is named after exiled journalist Nat Nakasa, who died abroad in 1965 following a short-lived yet dynamic career as an outspoken journalist under the apartheid regime. This year, the new head of the investigating directorate in the Office of the National Director of Public Prosecutions, Advocate Hermione Kurnia, was the keynote speaker. Kurnia commended members of the media for holding those in power to account.
7: It's difficult to imagine where we would have been without your digging, your exposure of the deep, dark secrets and in important institutions of state, and your exposés of the plunder and the personal enrichment and the political machinations, Steinof, VBS, Bosasa, Eskom, Prasnet, Transnet, all of these investigations, all of these files that have passed over my desk in the last few weeks, started with a journalist shining a light, asking questions, probing, refusing to be scared off.
9: The recipient of the main award, Kunita Hunter, expressed gratitude and said that the award is about more than her as an individual. Just to do your job in light of the attacks from the people that we report on and given the situations in newsrooms as well, it's really, really um, become a difficult career. But I do think that courageous journalism has a very, very important place in our democracy and it's what our democracy is pinned on. This is not about me or what I've done. It's about young journalists and young South Africans standing up and holding, you know, to to power. SANAF Chairperson Maladzi Maladzi said the media industry is currently in dire straits. However, she encouraged journalists to continue being courageous in spite of the challenges.
6: We are an industry under attack. Our jobs are on the line with companies announcing retrenchments every single day. But as dire as the situation looks, this is the time to actually be brave. This is the time to find the net nakasa in us. We should find that thunderous voice because the future of our country depends on it.
9: Mahlase added that the organization would be launching an ethics inquiry into the media industry.
6: We are going to be launching our ethics inquiry but led by Judge Kathy Satchwell. And finally, we are launching it on Monday. The inquiry will interview journalists editors and members of the public to ascertain where the medium whether the media was captured by nefarious forces and whether by the state or the public sector so this is an opportunity to be held accountable but most importantly to build on our future and to rebuild the credibility that has been lost
9: i'm simulo Romabudla in johannesburg
1: safm leading the conversation
0: it's uh, the editors and uh, great to have jovial rentau from uh, the independent media, he's the group ombudsman, and uh, Mario Martin from Daily Maverick. It's been quite a week. Let's start with you, Jovial. Where were your focuses and the big stories that you felt this week?
12: Well, you're right, it's been, it's been quite a week. Uh, I think uh, the biggest one of the week has got to be the State of the Nation address because when the president speaks, uh, all South Africa listens because anything uh, he says affects all of us. And then, of course, at the beginning of the week, it was June 16, and, uh, which is my second one. And, um, and a bit later. And then, of course, the uh, public protector continue to be under pressure uh, from all kinds of corners. And then the state capture, uh, very good regulations there, uh, SAA. And then uh, the former president Jacob Zuma coming under lots of pressure to come and testify. And it looks like um, we may very well see him at the Zonder the Commission um, in, the in the future.
0: Yeah, I'll watch this space. Uh, Marianne, in terms of uh, Daily Maverick, uh, I guess pretty much uh, similar. In terms of the focus this week here for Daily Maverick?
11: I think Jovial covered uh, much. I Personally, I think the state of the nation. Um, is the story for the week. Um, There are just so many aspects to it, and I think it is the start of stories that have yet to be um, told. Uh, I'm I'm looking, for example, at the South African Reserve Bank comments that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa made, and he tried to close the chapter on what had been a really, really damaging and very bruising internal ANC spat that burst out in public because of different conceptualizations about what the Reserve Bank should do. And it, it, it took a statement from the ANC president, Cyril Ramaphosa, to kind of end that within the governing party side. And then Sona on Thursday was the, the opportunity for Cyril Ramaphosa as the president of South Africa to reiterate the mandate of the South African Reserve Bank will stay the same. Um, I also think Estom is a story that we need to keep our eyes out, Um, not many details. Um, We are told Finance Minister Tito Mboweni will flesh it out, particularly around the reconfiguration officer that uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, when he delivered his uh, pre- Election, February Sona, uh, said that that would have happened. It hasn't happened yet. Instead, we've seen the resignation of the Chief uh, Finance Officer, Pakamani Hadebe. So we, 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 we're back there, um, and more importantly, perhaps given our paltry state of public finances, um, ESCOM is going to get a 230 billion rand bailout front-loaded, so a lot of the money will come out uh, sooner than later, and uh, it's going to be one of the big big things that Parliament will deal with um, once it deals with the budget votes um, and, uh, in, 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 in July. Um, and yes, I think um, uh, the Zondo Commission of uh, State Capture Inquiry is very key. Um, I think a story that my colleague Jessica did this week is the, the fact that trillion has been ordered by our courts to repay some of the money that it got through some of those deals that have been under, under scrutiny at the, at the Zondo Commission. And that was, um, a parallel court process that had unfolded. And I, I, I will have to mention also the SABC, I'm afraid. Uh, we've, we've heard a lot. Uh, the public broadcaster is, at that stage where, from what I understand, it's either paying staff salaries, and I do hope that that's the way to go, or keeping the lights on, uh, paying the, the municipal rates, rates and taxes.
3: Mm,
0: Yes, well, I've been worried about that too. But, of course, the problem here is if they pay us and we can't do anything because there's no power.
4: (laughs) We
11: had hoped that maybe there would be an announcement by President Ramaphosa on uh, a bailout, not just for ESCOM, but but the SABC, uh, uh, the public broadcaster, but alas, no such.
0: Jovial, a lot of what you and, of course, Marianne have pointed to really do seem to come together. I mean, Cyril Ramaphosa has this, you know, he's the figurehead of the person who has to save this country, essentially. But, of course, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's the whole of government. The public protector looms as perhaps one of the the way some people look at it, a hangover of a regime, shall we call it, from the past, which ended up being responsible for this state capture. Ismacha Schule has, you know, said the divisions within the ANC. He's pointed the finger at the media here. Are, are, are we, are we as media, as media, being too, too focused in on, you know, the past and those political machinations within the ANC, or, you know, are, are we doing the right thing by, you know, linking this all together?
12: Well, you know, the the easiest thing to do, as always, is that uh, people look at the mirror, they don't like the image they see, they punch the mirror, you know. The media is always the easiest uh, uh, option for people to to attack. Um, But the truth is that the, the media reflects society, the media reflects the truth, you know. And people say it's the media, but without providing any sort of evidence to take uh, their claims up. The media can 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 uh, provide and has provided all sorts of uh, uh, evidence to back up the stories that have been published. You know, you've got the uh, president of the ANC making uh, certain pronouncements, and you've got the SG uh, uh, contradicting in the public. You know, um, and, and 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 that is just one example of the many. Uh, um, uh, truth that the media has published, you know, and and the truth is that uh, the divisions within the ANC, the fact that there are uh, uh, two ANCs in existence at the moment, it is there for everyone to see, you know, and I think that the for the brilliant uh, vision that the dream that uh, the president uh, set out on uh, on Thursday night for that to to, to really work out. He's got to sort out the the uh, the Lutuli House uh, divisions. He's got to, to to do what he can to make sure that when the ANC uh, speaks or the ANC leadership speaks, they speak with one voice. You know, you can uh, blame the media or you can put your head in the sand and pretend that these things do not uh, do not exist. But uh, you know, every day uh, people see evidence that these uh, these divisions are there. These things to
0: do exist, you know. I mean, I feel in a way when I saw that producers had uh, highlighted Makhashul and the media as a talking point, it immediately made me think of you, Marianne, because I've been following your articles <laughs> in the build-up. Let me read the headlines. Committee chairperson's announcement delayed amid yeah. factional battles, as speaker reads MPs, the riot act. Mm. To, um Sona 2019, take two, coming under dark cloud of economic mm-hmm. non-performance and ANC factional fractures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Key Parliament post set to reveal which ANC faction holds the reign. Yeah. As ANC Parliamentary Committee Chairperson name Macha Schule mm-hmm. is left holding all the aces. Yeah. Is he on your, <laughs> are you on his Christmas card list?
11: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. And I must admit... Um, one of the easiest things has been in, in, in South African society is shoot the messenger, and the messenger is, of course, the media, especially when some of the uncomfortable issues um, that people would prefer to keep behind closed doors are being highlighted. But it is part and parcel of the media to take a critical look and not just to kind of be sensationalist and sec- sexing up things, but but also to to, to try and explain uh, why things are happening. Look, Parliament is a site of contestation; it always has been. Um, I think in the last five years, we've we've become very much more used to sort of the the the, the raucousness of of the EFS um, in in the sittings um, and also uh, in committees. Um, but that's not to say that the ANC hasn't had their own challenges, uh, and, and the caucus is, is by no means united. One of the things that is important, and this is why we need to have a look at these things as the media, are the committee chairpersons. They drive the agenda of the committees. They drive and direct the legislative work and also the oversight work and the quality Of that oversight work and questions have to be raised in as much as the the line from the ANC is that everyone has appeared before the Integrity Commission and the Integrity Commission has cleared everyone but questions have to be raised Moza Benzizwani for example has been implicated uh, in dodgy dealings around the Tekesa Gupta uh, linked uh, company and the acquisition of the coal mine for which Eskom prepaid before even getting one single little bit of coal, a million, almost 700 million rand. How is Mother Benzizwane going to conduct himself as a chairperson in charge of transport where to this day some of the legacies of state capture Uh, the the locomotive deals, the Prasa, renewed rolling stock deals are putting commuters under pressure. So President Cyril Ramaphosa can talk about the bullet trains that he wants to see, but let's take our mind back. It was he who was stuck for, was it a couple of hours when he was going to do the photo-op train ride spin uh, in in Hong Kong? and. Not
1: too long ago. Very
0: valid points. Jovial, in those terms, talking about those people and some of them, we touched on the State Capture Commission. I mean, do you think this was a big week for the State Capture Commission? One thing that struck me was that we have had a lot of people who've come to the State Capture Commission and pointed the fingers at some people. This week, we did hear from the SAA side, someone put up their hand and say, yes, I made some decisions which Mm. in hindsight... I shouldn't, and I'm here to talk about them. Was that a fundamental shift in the way people are now approaching the uh, State Capture Commission? Because a lot of South Africans are saying, well, we've heard so much, but nothing's happening.
12: It was a, it was a big development. But I think, in fairness to the Zondo Commission, you know, uh, people who uh, have been implicated by the testimony of others have been given notices to either uh, testify themselves or... Of I mean uh, people uh, who have, who have uh, given evidence, you know, and not a lot of people have, have taken up uh, that opportunity. So it was very good to see someone from SAA uh, coming up and saying, "Look, this is what happened under my watch," you know. And I think in that in, in that vein, uh, it would be very, very interesting to see. Uh, the likes of uh, former president jacob zuma the the likes of 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 H. and many others who have been whose names mentioned at uh, the state Council uh, commission to to step forward and and really help the process that uh, uh, South Africa uh, wants to see completed completed fairly uh, so so that we can move forward because unless uh, uh, this commissions uh, yield uh, something unless they really are are going to strike a blow against crushing That's It's just a
10: big waste of money. Mm. For sure.
11: If, if I could just jump in there, I think the one thing that uh, Jovi is quite correct in pointing out is that everybody who was named before the State Capture Commission as well as the PIC inquiry um, has, ha- mm. has got the right to to appear and ask questions. And we, we want to see this. We, for example, had uh, Nambula Mokonyane um, quite publicly and quite adamantly uh, assert her right. We 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 look forward to those to those appearances. But importantly, importantly, I think South Africa has got a huge debt of gratitude to pay to those whistleblowers, who who came out in the beginning and who are now, as uh, as the state capture commission of inquiry unfolds are also testifying. For example, we had Ms. Temple um, um, giving her testimony, and I think those those are incredibly important um, um, milestones for us as it, a country, it, it, particularly you wrote, you know, as President you, Ramaphosa was saying, that in terms of the SOE for state-owned enterprises, his comment in, in the State of the Nation address was that there needs to be efficiency and they cannot be the, the platforms for... Mismanagement and money laundering, and the abuse of public funds.
12: And I wanted to add, uh, Marianne and say that yeah. you know the one of the things that the president did on Thursday evening was to reflect the national mood of impatience mm. uh, for some kind of action against people who have been implicated in, in, in acts of corruption and malfeasance. And you know the the what what South Africa needs now is some sort of action. You know, I, I think. It have been great if the president stood up on Thursday and said, look, we've got all of these commissions going, but we are moving at great next speed to uh, to make uh, those that have committed these crimes to, to pay. You know, uh, I know that due process takes time and so on, but, but really it, 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 it it's just yeah. been, you know, taking far too long. You know, uh, South Africans need to see some kind of uh, evidence, some kind of indication that, uh, this new this new hope that things are going to happen differently, and that the president and and, and everybody else is going to walk the talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, we we have we, had enough of plans and dreams. Those are very important, uh, but we actually for that we need to actually see. You know, if, if uh, uh, somebody uh, sits at the Zondo commission and and present uh, evidence which is strong enough for, for, for the law enforcement agencies to act. We need to see some actions. We need to see somebody being questioned at the least.
0: Indeed. Uh, now, unfortunately, we're running out of time, uh, Jovial and uh, Marianne. Just in terms of what we've been speaking about, it has been a big week. I mean, a lot, I'm sure, of analysis and uh, ears will be to the ground in terms of how this state of the nation vision is going to be mapped out, looking ahead to how ESCOM is going to be funded. We may know more in the budget, but we may get more hints about that state capture commission. You know, what are the big ones going ahead, starting with you, Marianne?
11: I think, well, I'm a little bit biased, uh, but I think certainly the debate on on, on the Sona speech uh, that's coming up on, on, on Tuesday is going to be absolutely key. It will be a platform for a lot of the opposition parties to tackle some of the, the issues that they've had. Um, there were a lot of comments made immediately after the, the Sona speech about the president is just a dreamer. Where, where are the concrete steps? Where are the plans? And then, of course, the president will get his chance to respond. Um, I think we may hear on ESCOM a little bit sooner than next year's budget. There is the medium-term budget policy statement coming up, and that's in October. Um, the... The the, the Parliament still has to get through um, in in July, passing the appropriations, but that's that's next month. Next week, um, I think the solar debate at Parliament, I think we need to keep eyes and ears out on on, uh, the Zondo Commission uh, of Inquiry into State Capture. And I have that horrible feeling somewhere along the lines where it's going to be another busy week because the news cycle has been non-stop, fast and furious.
0: Mm, and yourself, Jovia?
12: Yeah, yeah, I think Marin is spot on. You know, I think uh, my expectation is that uh, this coming week uh, we should have a plethora of, of presence on the side of the debate where the different ministers will put some meat on the bones that the president set out on on Thursday Thursday evening. So, for instance, you know, what's going to happen, what's really going to happen with ESCOM, the the SABC, maybe someone from uh, law enforcement particularly will come and talk to us about uh, what what is the actual progress, uh, if anything, made uh, in, in the fight against corruption, you know. And I think... Um, the, obviously, the Zondo Commission is going on. I think the, what will be important for us this week is to get a date for the testimony of, of former President Zuma, and then um, I think the internal wranglings of the NC uh, will be good to watch, as well as how the uh, uh, Parliament, how Parliament is now becoming a very interesting uh, <laughs> ground for, 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 for these challenges.
0: Yes, so everyone's going to be very busy. I look forward to (laughs) reading the coverage. Uh, Jovial and Marianne, thank you very much for speaking to us. Thank
1: Thank you. you If you're active on social media and love SAFM, we hope you'll take a moment to like or follow our SAFM page on Facebook and Twitter. These are the best places to find all the guest information, conversations and stories you love from your favorite presenters along with regular updates from SABC News. And don't forget, you can send your questions to feedback at safm.co.za. SAFM leading the conversation. SAFM.
0: Eight minutes to seven, and uh, yeah, we're uh, moving on with our discussion now and talking about uh, the nomination of uh, ANC party members uh, to be whips and portfolio committee chairs. But Zig in Ramberg's online. Zig, uh, we. Uh, running a little bit out of time, what is your point this morning?
13: Oh, well, the point is very simple, is that yesterday's Zondo Commission added the final clinching proof, although we had plenty of evidence before that, that, that uh, Supramahuma Pelo is a, is, is, is a criminal, a, a prima facie uh, criminal who was appointed to even uh, uh, threaten the life of yesterday's whistleblower. Would you believe it? And 400 million or what was uh, uh, was partly used to pay for the birthday uh, celebrations of the ANC mafia, who continues to appoint him as a leader of parliament and several other Uh, also uh, prima facie criminals, as leaders of our parliament. Now, the question must be asked whether Cyril Ramaphosa is not fully complicit in in this deception. Uh, uh, Didn't the ANC use him with his willing participation to win the last election, or was he an unwilling, extorted, blackmailed participant in that fraud by our ANC who's running our government? Thank you so much.
0: That's Zig. Uh, it's back to uh, it's one of the points that I wanted to bring up with our analyst, Professor Lesiba Tefo, who is online. He's uh, with UNICEF's Democracy and Governance Program. I, I think Zig. Let's start with what Zig has said about uh, that nomination process and the fact that he said that yesterday's untested, untested testimony at state capture really, you know, paints more damaging um, allegations against people like Supra. And the fact that the Sunday Times is also reporting this morning that these people who were nominated in these positions perhaps aren't the people that uh, um, President Sir Ramaphosa
14: wanted. What is happening? Well, look, he might not have wanted them, but what would he do? Has he the power to do otherwise? The answer is no, mm, right? I yes. He, he's, I mean, it's a political conundrum. He has to do it, and he has not to do it, and then that's the way I think his tenure is going to be throughout. And it's not only for for the president. I will repeat ad nauseum that for as long as the electoral act is as it is, even if it's the PAC, the AWB, you are still as if you don't change it, and you are not accountable to the electorate then you are still going to find yourself being accountable to the um, demagogues within the party that has deployed you. So that's the first part. But the other thing that Rick is talking about, speaking to the individuals themselves, let's not be holier than thou here. The faith, the um, Mahuma Pillows are not Western, others that are aligned to the other section. If there is some cleansing, it has to be a profound one, objective, and across the board within the ruling party. Yes, there is a mechanism to assist them. It is called the Integrity Commission. Do they put any premium on it? The answer is no. Yes, they have a document. If they follow it 15 years ago, they wouldn't be where they are. It is called through the eye of the needle. Are they following it? The answer is in the negative. But in the meantime, let's lose hope. The more we talk, the more some of them begin to think that we aren't doing the right things and the people are aware.
0: Now, you know, I mean, these are all the the things I wanted to talk to you about. But in in terms of these people we have now, I mean, we've seen the ANC losing support um, in the elections. Yes, they've managed to hold on to the majority, but the erosion is a real thing. I mean, is there going to be a sense within the party at some stage we have to change this momentum? And the only way we can change this momentum is by not having these people or is it too, is it too damaged to repair what it has become?
14: The history of the liberation movements that I am familiar with says to me, once a, poly- a liberation movement reaches the stage the ANC finds itself in, it's almost impossible for him re- to redeem itself from itself. Look, the enemy within is the, of the ANC is the ANC itself. And the process of implosion is facilitated by themselves. And the others are at a point where they say, we would rather lose all of us rather than for me to go to jail, rather than for the other section to win. I mean, if you look at it, you would say, yes, in the absence of Ramaphosa, who really almost uh, re- redeemed them. Some of them were willing, regardless, to bring the greatest harm to the organization. And I'm, I'm saying it is about corruption, it's about patronage, it's about cronyism, it's about cadre deployment. Can they rid themselves of that? It's very unlikely. The rot has gone far too deep.
0: Now, in Jacob Zuma's presidency, the NPA and a lot of the law enforcement agencies became part of a project, right? Now, we have a new NPA head. Is this something which can work not only to Ramaphosa's advantage, but the party, the ANC's advantage, and ultimately us as South Africans by ultimately having some of these people who've been nominated face charges and then forced to remove themselves from Parliament?
14: Uh, uh, prisoners of hope. I'm one of those. <laughs> I can only say I, you know, the, the wind of change are blowing. There's no doubt about that. And then let's, let's really see the, uh, the, the, the opportunity and the momentum and help Brahmapasa and them, those who want to turn the corner. There is some hope, there's some promise. The more I hear things that have been said uh, at the commissions, all these commissions, the more hope I get. I don't lose hope. I'm saying many uh, people now know exactly what was going on, and they know what the right things to do are. are and some are saying, indeed, I will no longer be quiet, but because there is an enabling environment where I can be a whistleblower and still enjoy some protection. Yes, it is not going to be an easy one. You have got Batoi and them who will try to do the right thing, but you have got the chair who politically, if they have a way to stifle the processes within the parliamentary procedures, they are going to do that. And that is the fear that some people have had, that don't give them certain positions or certain portfolios, because then we may not achieve what we hope Batoi and them can help us to achieve.
0: Professor Lesiba Tefo, who's political analyst and research director at UNICE's Democracy and Governance Program, thank you very much for that. Siegfried Hanning got in touch via Facebook to say the appointment of notorious prima facie Kim. Criminals as leaders of parliament raises the question whether President Sarama Poza was complicit in his appointment as a fraud to win the recent election in order to preside over the ANC's final onslaught against the state. We've heard the professor saying his hands are tied. Anyway, thank you very much to the team, Sisanda Jonas and Maruma Kikana, Technical Production uh, Mark Preller. This morning, Senior Producer Evelyn Tongwane. The executive producer, Aubrey Sitchier. And uh, coming up after the news with Jolani Tulo, get ready for the Sunday edition of the Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant.